0: Welcome to The Stream of David Show, where David taps into higher consciousness and shares divine guidance from the stream, answering all of life's questions and guiding you to the life of your dreams. Sit back with your mind opened as you come along with us on this wonderful journey of higher enlightenment. Here's your host, David Strickle. Hello and welcome to The Stream of David Show. In this episode, I'm going to share with you my coming out story, the story of how I came out as a gay man. I'll also share what things were like for gay people in the late 80s and early 90s during the height of the AIDS crisis, and I will share a story that doesn't necessarily have a happy ending. I've made it into a happy ending, but it's not most people's version of a happy ending, certainly. But before I get started, if you're new to this show, I know we have a lot of new listeners. and I'm very, very grateful for each and every one of you. And I just want to explain a little bit about what you're getting when you listen to the Stream of David show. I channel a group of non-physical entities, a stream of consciousness that I have named the stream. They are not human. They are not physical. They are the source of all creation. You may refer to this energy as God. You may refer to this energy as source, but it is infinite intelligence. It is eternal wisdom. And I go into sort of a trance when I channel this information. This has been coming to me my entire life. It's something that I kept hidden for a number of years. And then once I started sharing it, in fact, this this show, which was in the beginning a podcast, and now it's a show and a podcast because we're on the Law of Attraction Radio Network as a show. This was the first place that I shared it publicly. I decided just to launch a podcast and start coming on and talking about a topic and then going into deep meditation and allowing the stream's information to flow from me verbally, something that I taught myself to do over several years, and recording that information. And that's how all of this started. And of course, since then, I've written a book. I'm about to launch a second book. I have a boot camp program. I have coaching programs. I do one-on-one sessions. I've really allowed this to flourish into a full-blown business uh, where I spend all of my time helping people with this, this information. So what you will always get or almost always get on this podcast is my human perspective about something that's going on in my life or has gone on in my life or in the world are regarding the Taya spiritual practice that you'll hear a lot about if you listen to this show. The Taya spiritual practice is a daily spiritual practice that was co-created by myself and the stream over a number of years. It was really born of my frustration with other spiritual modalities and the law of attraction in general because I realized when I heard other thought leaders and when I read a book uh books like The Secret and things like that that they were steeped in universal truth, for sure. But there was a whole other level, a depth, that wasn't really being addressed that I was getting from the stream. And I realize now that due to my intention of taking it even deeper and further and developing real-life modern tools to harness these universal laws, they're very simple and very few, But to harness the power of these laws in our daily lives, our daily modern lives, and to find our paths to joy, clarity, and abundance with these tools. And of course, those of you that have been listening for a while, especially those of you that have uh, practiced Taya and gone through the Taya Boot Camp program, know these tools work very well. We have numerous successful experiences with people doing the Taya spiritual practice from Abundance of money, health, miraculous healing, new jobs, new businesses, new relationships, the dissolution of non-functioning relationships. A lot of people with a lot more confidence loving themselves now more than ever and finding joy and clarity in their everyday lives. And in finding joy and clarity in their everyday lives, manifesting abundance, whatever their version of abundance is. So in less than two years' time, since we started this show, we've accomplished quite a bit with the stream's teachings. So I come on here every week and pick a topic, and I will give you my, like I said, my human perspective on that topic, and then I'll bring the stream in and let them share their wisdom on our topic, and then I usually circle back after listening to the stream's commentary. I never remember what happens when I channel. I have to go back and actually listen to the recording. I'm there, but I'm not fully there, if that makes sense. And after I listen to that, I come back and sort of wrap it up with my own commentary. So you're sort of getting uh, me and then the stream and then me again in in most of these episodes. So if you're new to the show, that's kind of the format. That's what we work with here. Every once in a while, I'll have a guest on the show. Every once in a while, I will uh, take one of my live video events, especially those where I channel Uh, and answer random questions from an audience, and I'll turn that into one of these episodes. You'll get that sometimes if they're really good. So that's what you're getting here. You're getting the eternal wisdom of the stream. You're getting a very leading-edge, very direct, easy-to-understand perspective on the challenges that we all face every day in modern life. And I've done episodes on human sexuality. I've done episodes on transgender people and and certainly talked a lot about what it is to be gay or what it means to be gay and why that occurs in humanity. But in this episode, I'm going to share with you my personal coming out story. So I grew up in the 70s and 80s in small town Louisiana, very Bible belt, very much ruled by the First Baptist Church, my hometown. And it was certainly a place where it was not okay to be gay. There were no openly gay people. Uh, there was a lot of hatred toward the idea of anyone being gay there. I, I'm sure if I'd come out in high school, I don't know if I would have physically survived. I probably would have been literally killed. And to make matters worse, this was also the height of the AIDS epidemic. This is when you know an HIV diagnosis was a death sentence for most people. Late 80s, early 90s, I graduated high school in 1987. And certainly by the time I was in high school, I was fully aware That I was a gay man. I had already had encounters with other boys. It was absolutely my preference. What I liked. I had little to no interest. uh, In fact I had zero interest. Sexually in girls. I liked them as friends. But I just was not interested in them. So I I knew that I was gay. And I can remember as far back as age six. Knowing that I was a gay, gay person. Being attracted to the men on television. As a six year old boy. And knowing that that was my true desire. But of course, it took many years wrestling with that to figure out exactly what that meant. Really going through a lot, just, you know, when when you are different than society tells you how you're supposed to be, it can really wreak havoc on your ego. And for me, it made me go really, really deep, though. In fact, it made me question everything because I was different than how my religion and how my culture was telling me I was supposed to be. And I knew that I was different at my core, and that it wasn't something that I could change. And I also had the information from the stream coming to me. I understood universal law. I I had access to so much information that I knew that what we were being taught in our society about numerous topics, including sexuality, was really off base from, from reality. But that didn't really solve a lot of problems because I had to function in society to survive. So I kept it to myself. I was in the closet. And again, I, I had an affair with another boy my same age at age 14 that went on for a year. And you know, I was in love with him, at least as in love as I could be at 14. <laughs> and when that ended, I really end up, ended up becoming celibate. Throughout my high school years and into my early 20s, I really got to that space that between being found out as being a gay man and, and potentially literally being killed and the terror of the AIDS epidemic at that time, I suppressed my sexuality altogether. In fact, it led to me having a, an early drinking problem because all of my friends were popular guys that hooked up with girls all the time. And I had no excuse for my not wanting to hook up with girls, other than the fact that, hey, David's too drunk to hook up tonight. So that was sort of my defense. I would go out with my friends. They were all about trying to meet and hook up with girls. I made sure I got nice and drunk so I wasn't uh, on the hook for trying to hook up with some girl. (laughs) And that just became a way of life for me in my late teens and early 20s, until I finally manifested my path out of small town Louisiana to Atlanta. I got a job in Atlanta, Georgia. I think I was 22 years old. And I didn't know one person in Atlanta. I remember I drove into Atlanta overnight with a U-Haul truck towing my little Honda Civic behind me. And I didn't even know how I was going to unload the U-Haul because I knew no one in this town. And that turned out to be the best thing I ever did in life. Because moving to a new city as an anonymous person where you can be anything or anyone that you want to be. And certainly in Atlanta, I met lots of gay people. It was sort of a gay Mecca of the South. I'm sure it still is. A lot of Southern boys end up going to Atlanta and girls because they can, it's a city. It's cosmopolitan. It's not as judgmental and there's uh, you don't have the microscope of a small town. So I was able to, to manifest this path there and start exploring who I was. I went into my first gay bar there and met other gay guys and had sexual encounters and things of that nature. And within those first two years in Atlanta, I ended up meeting someone and falling in love. I met the person that I ended up spending the next 20 years of my life with. I was 24, 25. He was a year younger. And I wanted to tell my family. I was finally at a place, you know, having been in Atlanta for a couple of years, living as an openly gay person in Atlanta, for the most part, I was in the closet at work. I worked for a very anti-gay company. In fact, if you read my book, you know, the company that I uh, first went to work for and moved me to Atlanta were very clear that we fired anyone for being gay. We sat in an HR meeting and they asked the question, can we fire someone for being gay? And, and you know, this was kind of a, a turning point in, in time. It was kind of around the time of don't ask, don't tell and, and all of that stuff going on in the Clinton administration. And I remember people saying, well, no, we can't do that. And the HR director said, Yes. Yes, we can. And we encourage it. We do not want gay people working in our restaurants. And of course, this was my only source of income. (laughs) And it was, you know, keeping me in Atlanta. So I had to be deep in the closet uh, with that company. And then the next company I went to work for, I had a problem uh, also that was discriminated against for being gay, definitely. And it was a really bad situation. So I finally manifested my way out of that vibration But that was a scary thing. So, you know, at work, I was in the closet because I had to be if I wanted to keep my job. And I was very much in the closet with my family. Now, I didn't know whether my family knew I was gay or not. I had a feeling my mother had to know. She was my mother. I grew up with her. I never had girlfriends in high school, ever. I would, you know, get a date and go to a dance or something. But it never, you know, materialized beyond that. I never had a girlfriend. I wasn't feminine. but. I had certain tendencies that I'm sure would make you think somebody would be gay. I helped my mother redecorate her apartment. I would help her pick out clothes. She would come ask my opinion for her clothes, uh, stuff in the morning. So I thought, gosh, she just has to know. And she worked in fashion. And she would go to market in Dallas to you know do the buying for the store that she worked for. And she would come back and tell me stories about gay people that she met. And she was always sort of making fun of them, sort of that small town, Kind of backward mentality, certainly, but she seemed somewhat comfortable about it. She I, it almost seemed like she thought it was kind of cool and cosmopolitan that she was experiencing that slice of life coming from a small town. So I remember my perspective being that you know my mom will be okay with this. I don't know about everybody else. So I decided not to tell her first. I decided to tell my father first. I didn't really care as much about my father. you know he left when I was six, I was never close to him and for some reason i decided to kind of tell that side of the family first because my parents divorced when i was 6 and i grew up with my mother my father remarried and they had a daughter that was you know my half sister my half sister was very liberal she worked for bill clinton uh she you know i knew she was going to be safe and okay so i actually decided to tell her first of course she was fine with it didn't really completely understand what it was all about but she was fine with it And then I told my father, and I remember my father saying, everyone hates gay people. Why would you want to be gay? (laughs) And I informed him that, in fact, not everybody hated gay people, that I was in Atlanta where lots of people were gay and happy and had, you know, sort of normal lives. They weren't living, you know, in in caves or anything like that. And they were functioning and it was okay. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily a death sentence of AIDS either. That was a big thing back then. When people found out that you were gay, a lot of times they would openly say, gosh, you're going to die of AIDS. I remember that. I remember those days. Those of you that are older that lived through those times, you recall that, right? I remember hearing that a lot. Oh, yeah, you're probably just going to die of AIDS. You're gay. It's just that's how worthless you were in the eyes of, of society at that point for being a gay person. So my father got past it pretty fast. He did the, the, the standard, you know, you're my son and I love you no matter what, which was nice. And I don't really remember the interaction with my stepmother. He probably told her. I don't think I bothered to tell her. And then I went and told my brother. And that was not a great thing. He's very Christian, very sort of right wing. Maybe a little more relaxed today than back then. But he didn't understand it at all. He thought I was being converted. Somebody was converting me out there to this evil way of life. Um, you know, Didn't react to it very well. I remember that I had met, he uh, they had a son, and I met my nephew when he was an infant. And I will tell you, that was about 27 years ago, and I've never been allowed to be around my nephew since then. I, I held him as an infant, but after I told my brother that I was gay, I've never seen this nephew that I have, ever, since then. Never been in the same space with him. And I was told that I was not welcome to come visit their home. And I never have since. So I've seen my brother at my father's house a handful of times Uh, since then, not much. And we talk once or twice a year, you know, we'll text happy birthday, Merry Christmas, that sort of thing. But we really don't have a relationship. And I do not have a relationship with his wife or his kids at all. So then I got around to telling my mother and I thought, you know, gosh, this will be the easy one. (laughs) And I'll never forget, you know, I called her and and kind of uh, eased into the conversation and decided to sort of rip the Band-Aid off and just told her I'm gay. And when I did that, she hung up and she wouldn't answer the phone. I tried to call her back several times. She would never answer the phone. So I kind of just stopped trying. And I waited a year. I waited an entire year until the following holiday season around Christmas I decided. Okay, it's been a year. She's had, you know, has to have gotten over this. I just need to call her. And I did, and she hung up. And I called her again, and she hung up again. And then she listed some date that her son died. So I died to her the day that I told her I was gay. And I got really angry. I decided just to to sort of go off on her, and I really did. You know, I went off about how stupid she was being and how. Um, you know, she, she raised me and, and she raised me to be who I was and how I was and that she was making it about her and not about me. I don't even remember everything that I said at this point. It's been many, many years ago. But I'll tell you, it did not end well. You know, it was just a nasty fight. And she hung up finally. And I kind of felt like I got all the anger out that had been building for a year toward her. And then we never spoke again for the rest of her life. And that was another 20 plus years. Until finally, when her mother died, when my grandmother died, they put her on the phone with me for a moment, and it was awful and awkward. Uh, neither one of us really wanted to speak to one another. And you know I told her, her I was sorry that her mother died, and, and that was kind of the end of the conversation. You know there wasn't going to be a reconciliation after all those years of not speaking. And her vibe was pretty low at that point. You know, she was living in poverty, she had Parkinson's. She had manifested a very, very negative existence for herself. She was actually a very negative person in general. And, you know, I had to detune her. I had to detune the fact that I had a mother that did not love me unconditionally. And that ended up, of course, ultimately serving me as a great gift, as all things can, as all contrasts can. But it it was a long path to get to where I am now, a full appreciation of her as she was. And, of course, at the very end, she was really suffering from Parkinson's. My brother had the burden of taking care of her, and he had her in some sort of a a facility, and I know she went into hospice. And she didn't want to talk to me, and I didn't want to talk to her, but she was asking if I could get her out of hospice. She was so out of her mind with the Parkinson's that she was thinking she could just go back and live her old life in her apartment with her dog and all of that. Of course, the apartment was long gone. The dog had long since been put down and there was really nothing left. My, you know, my brother was, was supporting her and I think she was on some sort of public assistance perhaps. And that was just her existence. It was really sad, a very sad life in general, very sad way to go. Um, You know, definitely feel that I'm better off having disconnected from her energetically. But it's sad when your mother doesn't love you unconditionally and, and turns her back on you and you tell her that you're gay. Certainly. But I really got tired of the pity because people would ask something about my mother and I'd have to say, well, I really don't talk to my mother. I haven't spoken to her in years. And then the pity would come on and then it would be all about me being a victim and all this stuff. And I never liked that vibration. So I really had to learn to navigate that. I really had to learn to, to mourn the loss of my mother and, and sort of come to terms with the fact that that's the type of mother that I had and the type of relationship that I had. And it wasn't great. It was never great, not as a child and, and certainly not after I told her that I was gay. So my coming out story was not all <laughs> a bed of roses, certainly. It was rough. You know, I really lost my family over it. I've never really been close to my father's side of the family. I lost my mother altogether, my brother, whom I grew up with. You know, we have very, very little contact and very little in common at this point. So that's sort of the outcome on the coming out side of things for me. Now, as far as being gay, I appreciate the fact that I'm a gay man so much. It's truly one of the best things that ever happened to me because it made me go deep. It made me question everything. And when you question everything, you get such clarity because it's so easy just to live the life that society tells you to live. And to do exactly what society tells you to do and just sort of fall into place and live that templated life. And when you're different than society tells you you're supposed to be, your religion, your culture, whatever, it really makes you go deep in question. So I really see being gay as a massive gift that I received that helped me reach this place, this depth that I live at now. I'm not sure that I would be here right now at this level. As far as my ability to channel, doing the things that I do in life,
1: taking the risks, not being afraid of being different as a gay man, as a channel, and just not caring so much about what everybody thinks and not
0: worrying about trying to fit into somebody else's idea of what I'm supposed to be. I hope you all find your paths to this type of thinking. To loving yourselves as much as I love myself and as much as I know Source loves me and I know Source loves all of you. And to just releasing that that fear-based idea that you've got to live the way society expects
1: you to live. Because you don't. We really do have the freedom to create our own reality and, and be or do or have anything that we want. The
0: stream often says that all of our negative manifestations are gifts. That our unwanted transgressors, our obstacles, are the launch pad of our next new
1: creation. And for me, being gay was absolutely an obstacle. When you're different than the world tells you you're supposed to be,
0: when you're among a despised minority, if you will, especially back in the day that I was coming up,
1: it really did turn out to be a gift. It made me go deeper, it brought clarity to my life, it clarified. Whether or not I had unconditional love for my family. And I found out that I didn't. But you know what? It's okay. We create our reality. And my reality is one where I love myself and I have
0: such a strong relationship with Source that I don't need anybody else. I like other people. Don't get me wrong. I love my friends. I like
1: being around other people. I like knowing I, there are people out there that I can depend on. But in the end, we are all independent strands of consciousness. And we come into this world alone and we leave alone. And we have to be okay with us. We have to love us first, how we are. Because however we are, whatever our point of entry was, was our intention from a soul consciousness perspective. Projecting ourselves into our
0: reality, knowing that there are certain aspects that are going to deliver contrast,
1: that are going to be challenging. So those of us that are born different than society says we're supposed to be, or into oppression or illness or poverty, or whatever it is, just know that that was your soul's desire. To come and live that level of contrast, knowing
0: that you had the ability to rise above it. Knowing that you had the ability
1: to allow that contrast to take you deeper and ultimately take you higher. I'm living proof of that. So I hope if you're living in contrast right now, especially with this episode, if you're a gay person that is struggling with your identity, that you learn to love yourself. That you see who you are, how you are, and where you are is a gift. And that you
0: can craft any version of your life that you want via your intention. And via you paying attention to where you are on your spiral. And the trip up the spiral
1: is always rooted in self-love. And if you allow the universe, the universe will pamper you. That's my favorite new saying now, the universe always pampers me. I get
0: everything that I want. I get everything that I need. And even in the darkness, when I don't see that, I I think that I'm experiencing an obstacle. I can embrace that obstacle because I know ultimately it's going to serve me. It's going to take me higher. It's going to do something magnificent for me. And I can tell you,
1: sometimes the deeper I go down that spiral, the harder the bounce back is, the higher I go the more benefit I get from it. And these war wounds strengthen us. We are all stronger than we know. We are all more powerful than we know. I come into new heights
0: of powerful manifestational abilities all the time. And as I have
1: said many times, I may channel Source, but each and every one of you have Source flowing to and through you. I'm not special.
0: There's some things that I've figured out with this message that I've been receiving that I want to share with all of you. And it's that we've barely begun to tap into our manifestational powers.
1: There is so much more available to us as we ascend to a higher and higher vibration. I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to ask the stream to come in and share their thoughts on homosexuality and the process of sharing that with the world sharing who we are with the world
0: we'll be right back after this break Taya is the spiritual practice that I created in conjunction with the stream that is changing lives all over the world learn to elevate your default vibration learn to release all the fear in your life learn to forgive all of your transgressors to the point of full appreciation and come into your true manifestational powers To learn more about Taya Bootcamp, visit thestreamofdavid.com forward slash Taya, T-Y-A. It stands for Trusting Your Abundance. We are here. We would like to share with you our thoughts on human sexuality, specifically homosexuality. We understand that this is a hot topic in your culture at this time. But it was not always. There was certainly a time where your sexual activities, your sexual attractions were quite natural and quite fluid. You see, you have all been many things over infinite lifetimes, infinite physical existences. So the essence of who you are is neither male nor female and your behavior all of your behaviors but especially specifically on this topic your sexual behavior is very much fluid your attractions are what they are we have said many times that you are all judgmental in that you are here sampling everything that this physical environment has to offer and you are discerning your preferences And there is absolutely no judgment from us, the source of all creation, regarding your preferences, regarding any of your activities. You see, to us, there is no right or wrong. You are here on your own, discerning your preferences and manifesting your paths or not towards your desires. And it is all truly up to you. So the idea of judgment, the idea of all of these labels that you have come up with, these are all human creation. For there is absolutely no assertion from the energetic realm regarding your behavior. We are pure positive energy. We are pure love. We have nothing but love for you. And we are the source of your creation. And you are part of us. It is our promise to you that anything that you have the ability to look upon and desire, especially when you are up your spiral, it's something that you can absolutely manifest. And there is absolutely no wrong to it. There is no judgment against it. The only judgment is human-imposed judgment. And while your language and your labeling serves a purpose, there is contrast on every topic. And the negative contrast, the undesirable contrast regarding your labeling is that you often get placed in a box, in a category. And when you allow this, when this occurs in your lives and you become categorized and you allow others to tell you how to behave, how to live your lives, what to prefer as far as your preferences go, you find yourselves down the spiral. You find yourselves not living your truth. We guide each and every one of you to live your truth. We guide each and every one of you to love yourselves first, as you are, where you are, and understand that however you entered planet Earth, whatever your circumstance of entry was, your gender, your preferences, Your race, your economic status, your health, your culture, your family, your religion, whatever it is, all of it, was your vibrational match. Therefore, it was your soul's desire to project yourself into that set of circumstances, knowing that it was going to flavor your human life experience, understanding that the contrast would serve you. Understanding that any contrast that you projected yourselves into, you could also project yourselves out of. And by out, we do not necessarily mean change. We mean viewing it from a different perspective that removes the contrast from the scenario. Understanding that all of your obstacles are truly gifts. And if your sexuality has been looked upon by you as an obstacle up until this point... We guide you to embrace that. To allow yourselves to be free. You are all seeking freedom and joy at your core. So we always guide you to move toward what is going to bring you freedom and joy. And to be true to who you are. And as David has shared in his coming out story, when you are true to who you are, and you are up your spiral and you are loving you, And other people, even your family, even your parents, find the need to disconnect from you, that is a clear sign that you are not a vibrational match in your high vibrational state, meaning they do not hold the same opinion of you when you love yourself as you do. And we are here to tell you that we understand that there is great pressure placed on relationships, especially family relationships, that your parents are supposed to love you unconditionally. And we understand that by and large, many do, but not all. We are here to tell you that your parents' only real job is to deliver you into planet Earth as a human being, to bring you into the world. Everything else beyond that is your contrast. So whether you have the greatest parents ever or your parents were horrible, even if they denounced who you are, even if they turned their backs on you and and cut you off, You are gaining clarity in these times. You are gaining clarity that you are not receiving the unconditional love that you were all told you're supposed to have from your parents. Yet you are in a polarized, contrasting environment. And not all of you are going to receive that. And it is our promise to you that even if you do not receive that, even if you end up as David did with his mother never speaking to him again after he came out to her, That contrast can and will serve you if you so allow. And we guide you not to fear it. We guide you to embrace it, to embrace the knowledge that your clarity brings. This is a life-changing focus when you can shift your focus and view things from the highest perspective, from our perspective, and view your life very differently than you ever have before. And not see yourself as a victim ever. And understand that any reaction to you and any behavior toward you is a co creation of yours. And if you find yourself disconnecting from people in your lives because you decided to come out and be your authentic self and share your truth, then that truth has done nothing more than bring great clarity to your life. And we always guide you to clarity. So do not be afraid to be who you are. Do not fear coming out and being honest and open. Set a positive intention for everything to play out exactly as you wish. Or more specifically, set a positive intention for the universe to deliver everything that you want and need for your highest good. Which is a much higher vibration than needing a certain reaction, needing a certain outcome. Allow the universe to delight you, and it will. Allow the universe to, as David says, pamper you, and it will. But you do have some work to do, and that work is very much rooted in you being up your spiral, in you detuning the things that can drag you down, and you being in a state of love for self almost all the time. These are big life-changing tools indeed. They are all part of the Taya spiritual practice. And is our guidance for all of you, if you are so inclined and you are vibrationally matched to our message, to pay attention to this Taya spiritual practice. Because this will absolutely transform your life to that which you desire on every single topic. Not a life of complete perfection, of course. You are still going to have obstacles to overcome. That was your desire when you came here. As long as you are physically manifested, you will have obstacles. And you will expand in the overcoming of your obstacles every single time. But we guide you very much to not fear. To not allow doubt to creep in. And certainly not allow full-blown fear to ensue from there. Release your fear. Love yourselves. Allow your desires And be true to yourself. And be honest with the world about who you are without fear. And you will be free. With much love, that is all we have on this topic. Hello, it's David. I'm back. I just got through listening to the stream's commentary. Very sweet and very loving, as always. I hope you all feel the... Enveloping love from them that I do.
1: The unconditional, straightforward, no-nonsense, this-is-how-it-is, <laughs> love from them. But what a
0: nice message. And this message is, is really rang true in my life. The more honest and open I am and the more vulnerable I allow
1: myself to be, the better results I get on any topic. Not allowing yourself to be vulnerable, not allowing your ego to fall away sometimes, not for long. But allowing these things is, to me, a true sign of strength. Not being afraid of being judged, not being afraid of not being cool or accepted or as society expects you to be. Not a bad way to live life at all. In fact, this is very much part of the Thai spiritual practice. And I want this practice for each and every one of you. So that is all we have for this week. I hope you enjoyed my coming out
0: story. It was not necessarily a fairy tale as far as my relationships with my family and things like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it all worked out to perfection. And it all drove me here to this place to be who I am today. So if you have your own story you would like to share, you can share it in the Law of Attraction 2.0 Facebook group or you can send me an email at david@thestreamofdavid.com. At I would love to hear your version of my story and how you're overcoming it. Thank you all so much for listening. Namaste. Thank
1: you for listening. To learn more about The Stream of David, visit thestreamofdavid.com. For topic requests, or
0: to learn more about David's Taya Boot Camp, email david at thestreamofdavid.com. See you next week.